Hey everyone and welcome to another episode. <laughs> Why are you laughing of oh, Jeremiah Talks? Because I could tell you snuck that in there because you could see me like rearing back to, to hit that intro out they of the park. They don't know that. They don't know that. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to another episode of oh, Jeremiah Talks. This week we're super excited. We are talking to our friends, family and friends, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna start things off by telling you who is sponsoring the show this week. Say what? Say what? Uh, we are sponsored this week by two different sponsors. The first is Thousand Faces. Which tell us, Jeremiah. Tell them. T- I'm gonna tell them all about it. Go we ahead. we love Thousand Faces. It is our uh, it is a coffee shop in Athens, Georgia. They are coffee roasters. They make amazing coffee. My favorite is the Dim Tutero. Mm. And we spent probably 30 minutes before the podcast talking about how much we love Dim Tutero, specifically with family we and friends. We love coffee. We really do love coffee. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by A Thousand Faces, whose mission is to connect the coffee consumer and coffee producer more directly through quality, education, service, and friendly interactions. You can check them out all over the internet, and specifically, their social media is at 1000 Faces Coffee. Those are the numbers, the 1000. That's where you can find them. Or go to their website, 1000FacesCoffee.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dim Tutero is our favorite. Dim Tutero. Uh, so good. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron is going to tell you our next sponsor. Oh, yeah. I love how we introduced this. Our next sponsor is Avid Bookshop. Say what? That's Say so what? Cool. Why are you laughing at me? I, just, I don't know. You're rearing back to get a really good laugh in. Do me. Keep going. No, 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 you're doing, you're doing, okay. no, you're doing great. You Avid guys, Bookshop. Avid Bookshop is that little shop around the corner. Oh, my gosh. Can I pause for a second? This. Ugh. You've got mail. Oh my word! That's what that was the thing. The shop around the corner, that was like a if if you know the movie, you know the line. So this is gonna feel close to home. Okay. This is the least I've ever enjoyed ad copy. Here we go. Avid Bookshop <laughs> is that little shop around the corner that proves bookshops aren't a thing of the past. An independent neighborhood bookstore where booksellers know your name and can help you find just the right book. Do you miss snail mail? Enroll yourself or a loved one in our subscriptions program where recipients get a hand-selected book in the mail each and every month at avidbookshop.com. Avid, A-V-I-D. We'll put it in the show notes. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know if I remember to do that. I'm not very responsible. Listen, I will say. I'll do it. Listen, Avid y'all, is this a, is, oh, this is so, you've got me. I can hardly stand it. I love this bookshop. Yeah, it is a very, it's a very, you got, it's Should just Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks in general. Yeah. Did you just hand in your resignation to this <laughs> band? <laughs> yes. uh, we really do love Avid Bookshop. The last book I bought there uh, was um, The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I had a very nice conversation with the person behind the counter. I was like, are you into this book? And he was like, uh, who isn't into this you book? You know what I bought the last time? What did you buy? They're so nice there. I got the little golden book of uh, Coco. Oh, wow. That's that's absolutely adorable. I know. I'd, I was so excited that they already had it in book format. I was so stoked. That's that so movie awesome. was so good. Okay, so uh, and I guess the last thing we wanted to mention at the top of the show, uh, we have a Patreon page where every week we release a brand new episode. You don't have to listen to us babble about coffee or bookshops uh, because there That's are no... That's a weird thing to say. That's no, oh, I there's guess it's no, not that weird. Yeah, there's no sponsors. There's no sponsors. It's just raw material. Just raw material. That's what but we're we trying to get We put it together across. to make 
other things we'll okay say. great great yeah uh but we do a new episode every week and this episode specifically we do a patreon exclusive q a with the band family and friends so you submitted questions we submitted answers yeah to you. you did a little q a on instagram and all of those are going to be answered just for patreon subscribers yeah to be can... clear five dollars a month is what you can do that's like that's like the that's the the low tier That's subscription the low to tier get the subscription podcast. to get exclusive content from us. Um, and there's a ten dollar one, and it's more music centric. We are mm-hmm. a band that creates music, and our Patreon is going to be a new look into our uh, new album and the process we do going into it. And how I'm going to start working at a bookstore soon. That's perfect. So uh, if I'll, you want to follow out, Aaron's new career trajectory, here's what I'll do: I'll fill out my application in front of you guys if you subscribe to our podcast. Great. I'm kidding. Please don't. I won't don't do that. Don't do it. Okay, I'm great. Derailing this. Okay, so this uh, we went this on to. This is a super fun episode. This is this is super fun. Uh, we we love Mike and JP. Those are the two from Family and Friends that sat down in our living room, and they were our first guests. I do want to let you know, uh, it it was way harder to record four people than I thought it was going to be. We do all yes. these super DIY. Yeah. So um, I didn't talk a lot. That's why I'm trying to make up for it right here. Yeah, you. But when you did talk, it did spike all the levels. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which I was a lot of fun. I'm not used to the microphone. So. Yet. Uh, if there's a little bit of up and downs in this one, please forgive us. The content is really, really good. We talked to a band that has been doing it, and they really, really, uh, they open up about a lot of great stuff. So without further ado, you're going to learn all about that at the bookstore. They speak French there. What? Uh, this, uh, this is a really great conversation with our friends, family, <laughs> and friends. What did you just do, Jeremiah? <laughs> because I said our friends. I know. Family and friends. Sponsored by A Thousand Faces and Avid Bookshop. Go get a book and then get some coffee and then read and then and see Aaron and then drink coffee. Avid. Yeah, I'll help you out. <laughs> our best friends, family and friends are here. Here we are. What's my, up? What's up? Um, my first question, since we're um, since we're just getting started, is how many times when you walk on stage for a show do they make that really cheesy joke? Are you guys actually family and friends? Does that happen? Like, it happens in the interviews. Does it really? Yeah, happen? not yeah. so much like when we actually get on stage, but almost every interview that we do. So you just did. You just yeah. did. And off the bat too. But I, <laughs> yeah, first question and, on but every podcast. But, but, I also, but I also, it's with the caveat of every time we walk up to a place, they go, uh, hey, what's your name, Jeremiah? Like, oh, and it's like that awkward thing of yeah. like, you have to pretend like it's the first time you've heard it. Right. Because you don't want to be mean to this guy that's like trying to be nice to you. Yeah, it, it definitely, it doesn't happen as much uh, walking onto a stage, but I know it happens in, in interviews, definitely. And also when you're like, when someone asks what band you're in and you say, oh, I'm playing family and friends. They're like, oh, cool. So are any of you guys family? Sure. Are any of us even friends? Yeah. You, no one starts there. Do you still do you still get that? How do you came up with, or how did you come up with your band name thing? Yeah. That comes yeah. up all the time? Oh, for yeah. sure. Okay. We had, when we first started, we had this like inside joke that whenever we had that question in an interview, we would say, um, because Hoobastank was already taken. And Which we, is a great joke. <laughs> right. I love that joke. What happened to those guys? I don't know. They're not returning my calls anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember I remember the reason. That was like my last 
my last goodbye to the i don't know if i could even name a song because i it's uh and the reason is you that's what i remember and yeah did you listen to who was sure no, no i didn't no, no I cool didn't. No, I, no, didn't. I, I don't it. know any of these no uh okay the all, they all the one had, um, <laughs> they had one other song was it crawling in the dark crawling in the it? dark that Man, was that was that like, was the jam was that like 2001 or something yeah right around there it's, it's gotta be obviously the reason took them to the next level the next level but it was also the point that brought them down i imagine yeah, because they because they went away pretty quick, I mm-hmm. would say. This and took a, this and took a turn quickly. They took a turn, yeah, <laughs> rest in peace, I guess. So, um, you you released a record this year, and I'm interested. Uh, whenever we were making dates for this, you said we can't do it this date because we had a writing retreat this right. weekend. So, how did writing? What's retreat that? Go? Yeah, it was great. Um, specifically on this last album that we released um, this past June. Uh, it was the first time that we were really trying writing retreats out. Um, and so a lot of times we'll try to go to a friend's cabin or a family member's cabin or something like that that has limited service and it's not uh, near any big cities or anything. We found that if we hold it too close to Athens or Atlanta, we'll end up just hitting six o'clock and being like, oh, we should just go downtown yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went to a lake house this past weekend um, on the Georgia-Alabama line and Got a lot done. It was great. Yeah. I think they're really productive because when we're doing writing sessions like after work or in the middle of the week in our in our practice space, it's easy to kind of hit a wall and then everyone just kind of be zonked and not really be able to push past that. Um, but in a writing retreat setting, you kind of get to um, be kind of removed from everything else. And when you're ready to stop writing or you hit that wall you can like walk down to the lake in in this situation or just kind of like go and do your own thing and come back to the to the writing space with more of a clear mind sure Um, that sounds like the most romantic thing on planet earth honestly uh so i guess this is always foreign to me because it's just the two of us there's 47 of you right (laughs) so whenever whenever you have this big i i imagine if do you write most of the songs mike or is it is it like more collaborative and whenever you're going into a a writing retreat how much do you bring with you right or and how much are you just like oh let's just jam on this thing for a little jeremiah like books a retreat this weekend yeah it's been um a constantly evolving process for us writing um since we started the band um for better i think than for worse um when we first started it was a lot more just bringing finished songs on an acoustic guitar um bring it to the band and then we would kind of flesh out parts from there um and then this past album we did a lot more uh collaboration where someone would bring a verse idea or a guitar lick or something like that and we would kind of flush the song out from there um and that took us two or three years so we're trying to (laughs) expedite that process a a little bit and so this time around um we really started getting ready to write the next uh we still don't know if it's going to be an ep or an album um, but the next project may be around december or january of this year cool and so the way we've been going about this one uh throughout january i just demoed a bunch of ideas that i had that had been lingering around for the past year um and so we went into this writing retreat kind of having everyone uh listen to those and knowing a general sense of what we wanted to do but those were unfinished demos so 
it's maybe a minute or two just to get a vibe down. Sure. And so we went into this writing retreat and then started jamming on those and structuring them out. Um, and so next part of the process, I think, is just going to be continuing to narrow in on all of that and making them into full-fledged songs. So whenever you're, because you're ending Felix Culpa, like that's, you're on to the next thing, right? Right. Whenever you go to make new records, how much, and I'm asking this a little bit from personal experience, a little bit more of just like what I expect it may be like. So I apologize if I'm putting thoughts into your brain. How much do you think about Amadeus when you're going into record a new record? Um, I think we maybe would like to say that we don't, but I think it's on our mind a lot. Um, just an instance, for one, that's our most popular song if you're looking at plays on Spotify and such. Um, and also, uh, we've always kind of said that we're a band that doesn't want to just stay in one place and be pigeonholed to one sound. Um, so every time we're writing, I think we're trying to push ourselves and kind of push um, the music that we're making. And so the stuff we're working on now isn't the same as Felix Culpa and the same way that feels Culpa wasn't the same as XOXO. Um, sure. So yeah, we're trying to explore new sounds and um, sonically push where we're at as a band, I think. No, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think what's, what is really exciting about uh, these instances, and I'm, I'm sure y'all see this too in writing, is, is as you write as a unit, as we've moved from Love You Mean It to XOXO to Felix Culpa and all the writing... Uh, and inner workings have kind of happened like this weekend, this past weekend when we were on the retreat, it was like sometimes they're just very minimal words that even have to be spoken and you're just automatically like in the same vein able to work on like a verse idea. We'll get jamming on something and just kind of all without even having to speak be kind of in the same space on an idea or we'll start to like just kind of in between takes where we all know what needs to be fine tuned. And then we'll just sure. like take a quick pause and then go right back into it, which is, it's fun. I think it's the, for, for me, it's easy to geek out about because it's kind of like the, the power of music, you know, it's mm -hmm. like this great connector that, that binds us all. And we've given so many of the last years of our lives to pursuing it together but then you see in a very tangible way just how closely you've become because you don't even have to like you don't even have to say anything you just move through it yeah cool. and i think i get whenever we're writing for a new record it's like for some reason i always attach like huge identities to what i'm working on like when you're working on a record yeah. that's like saying this is who i was at this point in history right um, and I think that that gets in my, cause, cause I write mo like 90% of what we do just because I grew up writing songs and Aaron grew up in orchestras. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, like I can ruin a song really quick by thinking <laughs> the, the, all the good stuff out of it. Right. right. Like I can, I can squash goodness with overthinking. Mm -hmm. totally. Does that, and I feel like if you're playing with 47 people at a writing retreat, it's the collaboration is incredible. But there's also risk of everyone talking an idea to where like it stops being fun. Without a doubt. Oh yeah. Without so a doubt. can you talk? Can you talk about like expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, I don't think it's a secret for any of the guys that I can get frustrated on that. Just okay. Because uh, you know you do bring in an idea and you've 
thought through it uh, from all different angles and there's a reason that you're bringing it and it's really easy for first impressions to kind of mm. ruin an idea before everyone's in the same mind space um, so that's something that I'll get a little pushy up front just to make sure that the idea is kind of at least getting to the point where I am hearing it in my head before we're quick to judge if it's good or not. Hmm. Do you present an idea like you like sit on it for a little while and make sure you believe it before you send it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're yeah. not going to just be of, like, hey, this is what I'm thinking right now. You're like, no, I've put some serious thought into this. And yeah. Now um, it's ready. For sure. Yeah. Um, and like, for example, the demos that were that we were going off of like this week, um, a lot of it is just um, we had to get on the same page as far as like maybe the synth that I used in the demo isn't the full sound or like the fully realized sound of what it's going to end up being. But just to get to a, a vibe um, of the song that like we're trying to capture and to get everyone on that same page uh, takes some pushing, I think, early sure. on. Um, I have the bad habit of showing Erin 30 seconds after it came up when she tells me she doesn't like it. It's like it was my masterpiece. Right. Yeah. That's how butthurt I get. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the same page. Okay, good. Well, so hearing you have restraint is admirable, but I show her every thought that I have. I say it out loud and I demand her attention. And when she also, says... Also, I'm just like, so I can't hide it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like... And I guess, uh, JP, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, I guess good. for me, like when you're doing these retreats with these people that you are literally your family now, like mm -hmm. you've been in a band forever. That's as close as you're going to get to another person. Right, right. So whenever you've got Ryan coming up and him saying something like, yeah, I just don't like that. You could probably take that personally super quick, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that we have gotten um, just from navigating these different writing processes and doing it over the years that we've gotten to um a respectful and healthy kind of way to go about it which isn't to say that people specifically me don't get butt hurt all the time <laughs> sure. but um what does that look like in terms of a healthy way to deliver she's getting you? advice yeah <laughs> right right it's a good way to I deliver think you. it's just i mean it's like any relationship is communication mm -hmm. and um you know just being respectful and even if you don't like an idea being able to talk it through and mm -hmm. the the person on the receiving end being you know uh, able to admit that maybe it wasn't the best idea to begin with. Right. Um, so mm. it's a give and take and kind of meeting in the middle, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we, I think that oh, it also, it's like one of the most vulnerable situations that you can be in. For sure. Uh, especially like bringing an idea that you've been working on for a long time or like even just iterating where you think the idea should go. Like that's very vulnerable. It's a piece of you that you've, worked on it represents you know kind of like what we were talking about prior where it represents some kind of uh, a time stamp of of who you are you know um or your influences or whatever and when i think i think that uh from growing over this writing process as a band what we have kind of set out to do and one of the reasons it it takes us or did take us a little longer is because there's no point where we don't try out an idea it's like if wow. someone mm -hmm. says cool. like oh i think this should go into this or i think this should happen a in kazoo the bridge. solo and you're yeah like, yeah right, well i guess we're gonna like, do it guess we have to try it and, yeah. and we we really do um and it definitely is can be a little more time consuming but right. i think that it um just speaks up for the fact that everyone at the table has a voice 
And I think uh, that, that's a great idea. I yeah. think that goes to what I think is your biggest success as a band is lasting this long without killing each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause every, every person that we've ever played with, there's a, that instance of like, Oh, well I want this to be my thing now. Right. right. So if you're all throwing out ideas, how in the world do you keep the goal in mind of this is family and friends. This isn't your thing. This is our thing. Yeah. Like, how do you keep family at the center of that? I guess it's just, I think that for one, everyone has just got it drilled into their mind at this point, but also, um, just constantly reminding, um, ourselves that, you know, we're all in it for the same reasons. And at the end of the day, we all want the song or the album or whatever it is to be the best version possible. Um, so I know like a lot of these times in these writing retreats and writing environments, um, when someone does push back or they don't like the idea or something like that, you know, off the bat, I'll personally be like, well, damn it. Like that's, <laughs> that's the best idea you've ever heard and you just don't know it yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. But then, um, eventually after, you know, taking some time to reflect on it, we'll change it up and it makes it that much better most of the time. Sure. I yeah. think also it sounds like everyone feels heard. Yeah. And that's so important because like, that's especially important I, for you. I mean, not yeah. in this room, but like, didn't mean, I wasn't trying to make you about me, but like, whoops. Uh, but like, <laughs> let's flip this thing. We around. also, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was, oh, it's fine. Um, we started doing this thing where like, we had to see if pride was in the way. Yeah. And so we are like, okay, on the scale, we do this in marriage too. Not that anyone wants that right now, but, um, like, okay, how strongly do you care about this one to 10? And right. then usually pride can shove itself out of the way whenever you throw out a number. Cause you're like, cause it's like, no, no, no. Like I'm a, I'm a hard, like nine, 10 on this because I, yeah. yeah. I'm always impressed at how much our marriage interferes with our collaboration. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get butthurt right, cause I'm right. like, Oh, you don't like the song cause I didn't wash the dishes. Like right, I like, right. I legitimately right. think you're holding something against me. Oh, yeah. um, cause what? I can't separate the two. No, that's, I think that's, true for us too not you know in the marriage sense but like the business side of it um every aspect uh i don't i don't know if you're average listener that doesn't you know write music for a living or try to realizes how much relationships really are involved in um the writing process really is just a you know byproduct of your relationships with the people that you're writing with i think Mm -hmm. 100 percent. yeah and i think that i think uh, uh, pride and egos can really quickly come into it because similarly like like you're talking about there's this like well this is the best guitar part i've ever written 100 like, and it's yeah. gonna look so cool when i'm playing it you know whatever but like at the end of the day it has to lend itself to the song and what mm-hmm. i think that we've learned over time and what i hope we continue to learn is that uh we're nothing but the sum of our parts you know yeah. like because you can be right. It could be the best yeah. guitar player on planet Earth. Yeah. But if it doesn't fit, like it's making the song worse. Yeah. And what I really love, I was listening to um, a thing about local natives writing Hummingbird, uh, their second album. And they're one of our favorite bands. And what they did with uh, Aaron Desner, who produced it, is they had like similar to a game of poker. Uh, and throughout the recording process, they had a certain amount that they were willing to put in hmm. uh, on a part. So if they were super passionate, they could go all, all in wow. on this one idea, but then they had nothing else to give. Uh, like wow. they could obviously give input on, but like 
if there was a part they were super excited about, they could go all in. Um, and similarly, like as, as we're talking about, there's this idea that you want to continue to push, uh, and their, their ideas or or thoughts or songs that you think are just like the best thing. It's going to be the golden ticket, you know, but, uh, it does represent all of us. And there's a, there's a body behind that. It's all of our lives. Um, and I think an important thing that we still continue to learn is just um, like talking or, or love languages or anything. It's one, what we all bring to the table and our strengths, but also how each person is going to interact uh, with a certain idea. And like, I know in writing processes before, like just specifically since it's us sitting here talking, like, if I pitch out an idea and Mike isn't automatically like, oh, that's it. Like, let's roll with it. But sits back for a second and is just kind of like quiet. It's not so much that he doesn't like the idea as it is he's thinking about where that's going to fit. He's thinking about where it changes the what he had in mind. And it's thinking about like where it will go next. Because he's bringing his own expectations into it too. Right, totally. So it's just kind of this... Um, constant game of like working together and kind of mitigating um, my expectation versus your expectation and, and where they can meet or where they need to uh, kind of uh, it's not divulge but there's a word I'm looking for that's like intersect no uh, yeah we'll say it okay yeah, cool. intersect <laughs> uh, so good so that, uh, kind of uh, while you're talking about that made me think too it's almost like you're discovering this whole entire new language too. Um, mm-hmm. Like just in our band to express an idea, you know, over the years we've learned specific buzzwords or even, you know, the way we talk with our hands or whatever it may be to get everyone to a place where we're all seeing and recognizing the idea on the same wavelength. Um, and I'm sure if you worked with, if we were to work with other bands, we would have to relearn that or, you know, that language would change. But sure, yeah. it's like <clears throat> just relearning to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I hear all this and I hear about like how complicated they're like, <laughs> it's whenever you're playing in a noisy bar and someone's talking over the song that you, you know, you wrote because your parents went through a divorce or whatever, like they don't get why it hurts your feelings so bad. Right. right. So you have all of that baggage that you bring in every time you rehearse. So I guess when I hear you talking about all these nuances, I just think how much of a miracle it is that a band can last with all those things at play. And we we played some shows together this yeah. year. Like you're a band that very much loves each other. So I, I guess that's it's really one of the things that I don't think uh, the average listener thinks about as much as we do is how hard it is to keep a group of people together. Yeah. Do you have like when you're on the road when you're when you're in that right? Do you how do you like care for each other in that specific way like how do you make sure everyone is still on like you said we're still fighting for the same thing we're still on the same team yeah i think we're extremely lucky for (laughs) one just i mean honestly that we like we were very intentional when we were forming the band with you know who was included and i mean that sounds like a bad way to put it but um i mean we didn't want just anyone that was just gonna you know get up and quit at any time so i mean that was something that we went into it with but i don't know you just have to be there's a certain aspect of luck 
Um, there's certainly a lot of hard work that goes into committing to that kind of relationship. But like the fact that we're five or six years down the road at this point and everyone's still invested uh, is a blessing. I yeah, think. Yeah. I think we are incredibly fortunate because when you're out on the road, especially on the Felix Culpa tour where we were gone for three months, like it, it just matters right down to the bare bones of knowing where everyone's at. And, and again, like we're fortunate that we are five to six years deep in knowing each other and being a band together, but it's a matter of like understanding what other people's needs are. Yeah. Um, and especially like keeping those kind of in the, in the back of your mind, which we're human, like there are obvious ways we're going to fail and have to love each other through that. But like, I think it's about keeping in the back of your mind that your actions influence everyone's uh, lives when you're out on the road in a van um, for three months. And obviously there are times where uh, we, succeed at that super well and and there are times where we fail at that um also but i think that you have to constantly check yourself because there's almost no real good time to bring any of that up right when you're yeah. when you're on I also when you're think like it's, it's really easy to get along when the shows are awesome yeah right it's so much easier whenever it's sold out and everyone's singing along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But whenever you've had three shows in a row where like the promoter dropped the ball or whatever. Yeah. Do you have three in mind that you can think <laughs> of? <laughs> oh, I don't have three good Maybe ones. Maybe from that Felix Culpa tour? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of us specifically. <laughs> yeah. So whenever we have... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for us, like when we have like good shows and, and, and hometown shows or whatever. Like, Sometimes I wish we had more members for the sole fact of like whenever we have a good show i could probably fall asleep after and you want to process it for like, <laughs> i want to talk about it the whole right way. now you're like let's yeah. dissect each and every song yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like cool go talk to I someone always else. ask her every show what was her favorite to play tonight and she's always like i don't know pick one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just always overwhelmed yeah. but if you're on this sh- if you're on the road for three months and you've got like an off day and then a bad show like it's so like it just starts to fatigue you right, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that we, uh, we've we learned and we're good at just uh, being able to step back and, like I mentioned earlier, just uh, maybe realize that it's not any one individual's fault that anything is happening, even mm-hmm. though you might want to point fingers. But like I said, you know, we all know that we're in this for the same reasons. And I think that's a good gut check when, yeah. when things aren't going as you necessarily want them to. Uh, just knowing that at least we can lean on each other and uh it's up to us all the time no to, sure to mm-hmm. so yeah. i would i would say to me going through your catalog because before we we came, we moved here from mississippi mm-hmm. and uh we have some shared friends our friend wes cooper right who uh is my <laughs> coach basically <laughs> man but he you guys set up trophies at your live show yeah. and they're wes cooper's trophies yeah. from whenever he was in- yeah <laughs> yeah wes i smashed one on that tour and i'm real sorry no you it. had to i'm man. talking you had to do it it was full curb stomp and but I whenever we moved it. here we had heard the rumors of the legacy that was family and friends and then when i looked you up i realized that i'd already known your music and that's like there can't oh, be a cooler awesome. feeling for you guys or whatever but going through your music like getting ready to talk to you guys i really do think and i'm not just saying this i think felix culpa is like miles away from everything that you've done which to me is the dream right, right. you want to keep making better and better stuff mm-hmm. 
So you make this full length record with your dream producer. Like yeah. you do, you pull out all the stops. Like, how do you feel on this side of it now? Like for people that, that also want to take that leap, like yeah. how do you feel like going into a new record? Do you have the same expectations? What, it, what does that right. look like? It's interesting. It's a, yeah. it's an interesting feeling being able to have that, you know, being able to look back with 2020 hindsight. Um, Cause you brought up Amadeus before and obviously that's, you know, the one that, that's the song that people usually know if they're thinking family and friends. That was the one that I knew. Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, that was, that was, um, earlier on in our career, um, when we were writing more acoustic based songs and, um, we went into feels culpa, like we mentioned, just everyone putting in creative input and really coming together and collaborating. And, uh, like you said, trying to make it the best thing that we've made yet. And, that's why it did take so long and it was a lot of navigating that new writing process. And at the end of the day, at one point we were debating if we should, you know, if we were losing steam with listeners and if we just needed to rush to put something out and we decided that no, we wanted to at the end of the day, be able to put something out that we could sleep on and be proud of Mm -hmm. that, uh, that we had made. Um, and, you know, it didn't have an Amadeus on it. Uh, it had some successful songs that hit some Spotify playlists, but nowhere near the success of Amadeus. Um, so it's an interesting question because I think we all feel very happy with the product we made, but it's not necessarily, I think, what we expected out of it. So I, I guess this is the question that I was secretly asking, and I didn't know I was even asking it. <laughs> how do you define success as a creative person? Because I would put peaches way above Mm -hmm. like any song that, that is on the radio right now. So whenever, like maybe the Spotify gods didn't put it where it needed to go. Right. But like when I pull up you now, that's what I want to hear. Right. So not that I'm obviously not that I'm the, the deem of success or whatever, but just, you know, as a, as a creative, like I, when you listen to the magnificence that is that record, like it's hard to be like, well, well, Amadeus only had twenty million streams or whatever. Right. Like, so that doesn't matter as much as Amadeus does. You know what I mean? Like, how do you sift through those things? Right. Um, I think there's a spectrum for one mm-hmm. of what success really means to each person. I mean, obviously, um, being able to fully support all of ourselves off of this would be, I would consider success. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you know, fingers crossed that that happens someday. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I think at least success in terms of the most rewarding feeling is when um, people come up to us after the show or they write to us and, you know, slide into those DMs and tell us uh, that our music connected on some sort of personal level. And um, that's the end of the, I mean, that's the goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For, for me, just to kind of piggyback off that, like uh, I think that the success, because I'm super proud of of felix culpa i i uh i really am and i think that there are when when we set out to write it um we had a lot of like lofty ideas and we've been told by almost everyone in the music industry that we needed uh to do a full length to really kind of like jump that next gap and and you know everyone who um wants to invest in a band kind of outside of uh the band itself wants to see what happens when you write a full length you know they want to see like that you can withstand that process whatever and so we set out 
um, our checklist of, of what we wanted. Um, and I think a, a lot of that could have been anything from something that is really uh, not so much a concept album, but makes sense front to back. Yeah. Um, that there's a journey there, that there's growth, that there's kind of like a dynamicism from peaks and valleys, that there's more to it than just um, just a like surface level. Uh, and I think f- looking back on it, all of the checklist that we put out in in my mind i think we succeeded on hitting you know and and outside of where that happens um with where it lands on on playlists or where it lands you know it kind of in the in the public's eye um i think what is super important super important to me uh is that we were able to get all of us uh, on that page to succeed in writing and in meeting all those checklists and in coming to um, a goal and uh, and and really making that come to fruition and I think that piggybacking off of Mike as well like what matters to me and the greatest compliment in the world is that in some way it would inspire someone else or that we would write those songs and put those emotions into it and someone else would find a better understanding of their life or their situation or the world as it is, uh, out of, out of that, you know, that someone was able to make more sense of the world because of what we put out. And that's just like, to me, the greatest success. And obviously it'd be really cool to be able to support uh, our lives fully off of what we Mm -hmm. did. But I think there are, uh, 10,000 fold ways to, um, to look at the one situation in particular. But, um, I think success can be defined for me in those ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just, it's funny. I keep, every time I think of you guys, I think of this, when we played New Orleans at Gaza yeah. Gaza, uh, we went to get hot dogs before the show Yeah, yeah. and, um, there was a guy there that was just happened to be getting hot dogs before the show as well. Right. And he saw you guys as if he just discovered water powered engines. <laughs> like he had just found the thing and he, you were being very nice and you're like, Hey, why don't you join us for dinner or whatever, whatever. And then he leaned in to us and he's like, so how do you know these guys? <laughs> and we're like, we're actually opening the show. And he goes, are you just like, crazy nervous opening for them because he's like he was obsessed with you guys right, right. so like i got to see that firsthand seeing those people just like upset because you're not a band to like casually like no one has any business casually liking you <laughs> thank you like thank it you, is to you. me it's That's the biggest compliment yeah, well yeah. i would say that it's a hard being aaron or it's hard being me i can't speak for aaron she's gonna fall asleep no i'm just kidding I love uh, <laughs> she's I still st- awake for the listeners I'm she's still <laughs> awake <laughs> no no matter how close we get as friends i'm gonna be your fan before that probably and and i would say over any and i told you this every night as i was gushing over you no band has a live show like that so when can we can we talk about your live show just wait can i say something really quick it's so true listen i this is terrible can i say it (laughs) you can say it no one knows what you're gonna say (laughs) a lot of times when we're on tour i'm just like do i have to do i have to do I have to watch the other band every night? Right. <laughs> Sorry. That's so, oh, that's a bad truth, but it's real. Right, right. I gladly watched y'all every night that we were with you. <laughs> Thank Seriously, you. Seriously, I, yeah. 
But we for, we were there and we didn't see you in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. <Yeah. laughs> That's fine. And there, there, it, it was easy to single some people out. And did I say? <laughs> did I say physically? I meant. <laughs> were you the one booing every night? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Just being transparent, I never think about the live show. Mm-hmm. I what? Think, what? What? No, no. <laughs> I I just like. I've got to call you out on that. Okay. Yeah, I'm also yeah. going to call you out on that. That was very dramatic yeah. what I said. Yeah. I, whenever, whenever I think about my life in music, I just think about songs. That's how I define okay. music that and I make, right? And the live show. And Yeah, uh, well, but, just, to, just to speak to that, like, you don't come up with those looping parts and the harmonies that y'all do. Like, sure. All, all of that comes from thinking about how to translate it to a live show. Sure. So quit lying. Okay. Get him. <laughs> get him, JP. That's good. JP, chill. Um, but <laughs> for me, though, I, if I walked up never hearing your music and I saw you play live, I was like, that is a band that was made for the stage, right? And your records are wonderful. No Thank one you. would deny that. Holy cow, your live show, though. So at how many times? Wait, did what you was have, the original question that I interrupted? Uh, I, I think I'm forming it currently. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I remember uh, whenever I was developing my celebrity crush on you, you had uh, blood <laughs> running down your face on Instagram from getting smacked in the face. Oh, that's, I was that you? That was yeah, JP. Wow. So some kind of love. Some kind of love. Um, so how many times do you have to get hit in the face with a guitar and do all this before that show gets to where it is? Like, how do you build a show like that? Well. After every single show that isn't a great performance, we hit each other in the face with guitars. That's the only way you're going to learn. That took a baker's dozen, to be specific. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that a lot of of it is is just like the interaction uh, with the audience. Like like to start, you know, our first show that we ever threw was... um, a potluck party on 420 at our warehouse, oh. uh, the Chase Street warehouses. Oh, we and... help run a co-working space there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, what's there now? I haven't been back over there in a minute. We're where Amano what, used to. What be. was it? Yeah. Okay, it was the. There's that big open spot. The tree uh, room. Down uh, from the tree room. Yeah, just down. So there's you the mean tree room really open? Then, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Like got it. Got it. Wide open with a sure huge roof like on one half of it okay um there's a crossfit down now huh that fell down yeah oh right right it did was it some coffee shop took over or something yes uh someone's someone's sweets oh something it's something sweets no i have no idea what it's called yeah um so so that's where our practice space was okay um and so we threw a a big party um and we had did you guys all go to uga all the guys yeah ended up going to uga um yeah, uh, I think from the get-go, we knew that we wanted to have a live show that um, was something to talk about, um, and that was another reason. Like, the first time I saw Tuna play music, he was playing for another band, and just his energy, I was like, we have to have yeah. it. It's something yeah. else, man. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. It scared me the first time I saw it. Yeah. I, actually, the first time I ever met Tuna, we both work at Walker's downtown Athens, um, and before I worked there, he it was like a game day, and he hopped the bar and <laughs> broke up this fight, and I was like, oh my god, this is like a 40-year-old dude that's just... <laughs> he is, it turns out he's not. He's the man, though. Yeah, so, he is. For me, I, I've always noticed that the most... It, this is a total 
like speculation, but like most of the killer musicians that are throwing their guitars around, they're like overcompensating for the fact that they're not all there mm-hmm. instrumental. Tuna right. can throw down. Oh, if he yeah. was standing perfectly still, he would be the most entertaining. Hey, but his oh, yeah. dance moves are hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hugged favorite. him after one of the shows and immediately regretted it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was That'll happen. so sweaty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happens uh, he is so to sweaty. all of us. But I think, like, <laughs> even our, I think the first practice where I ever saw that side of tuna because before we were rehearsing and like just running through the songs and kind of all standing in our respective areas and um tuna was standing on his bass cab and we got to uh like the part in rust and bone where it starts really picking up (laughs) uh and he jumped off and just started throwing down like i mean (laughs) i've never seen anyone move like that and there was a point where i was actually scared like i was was in fight or flight mode oh yeah and it turned to flight and i never came back you never came back (laughs) it's good to see you yeah um, (laughs) the other thing too is uh we kind of do think of the recordings and the live show separately yeah Um, some of my favorite bands are i i'm never really into the bands that um sound the exact same live mm-hmm. to same. me that yeah. you could, i mean you could just listen to the album if that's the case it's the ones that elevate it or change up uh what they're doing um and bring on you know shed new light on it or uh make it an entirely new experience those are the ones that are the most memorable yeah um, mm-hmm. so for us especially the big shows the hometown shows and stuff like that we'll spend a month in advance two months just prepping and trying to think of new crazy ways we can make for a memorable experience um so it it definitely is its own thing for us i th- yeah. i still really love live albums like mm-hmm. i i still like my first my first live album so we were talking about blink earlier yeah, yeah the first yeah. episode of this podcast about how much i love blink way too um the mark tom and travis show right they had this limited edition live album i could i could recite it yeah. Because the first ele- like 17 were songs, but then the next 10 were just banter. Yeah. And I love that. Totally. So could we ever expect a Family and Friends live album? Because <laughs> I feel like that's maybe like one of those cool DVD packages, you know, maybe, whenever yeah. they had in the early 2000s. I, I mean, I certainly love those too. And I have like all of those, uh, whenever a band would announce that they were doing the CD DVD combo, I was like, I'm it's all over. in. It's like, over. And there. I will be in my room watching that nonstop. I had so many of them oh Mom, yeah don't come in yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's that noise <laughs> uh, no it, i uh i don't know what do you think about a, a family and friends live album it terrifies me Does it really? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It it anything like, that's live like that it's so scary to me but you know maybe yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, good question what are you guys most critical on whenever you're on stage Ooh. like strictly live show it, it's sure. painful to me to listen back to recordings of all uh, cuz you just Do you think you'll listen to this? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You love your speaking voice. But yeah, he's, singing, so he's scared. <laughs> he's scared to listen. Do you what? I don't even watch whenever people tag us and stuff. I make it a point not to Oh yeah, that block. That a, no, that's <laughs> I will Send say like, the hey. only time that's an exception is like we just did a Facebook Live thing before you guys got here, and I totally whiffed. And I wanted mm-hmm. to watch it. And she's like, "Play it back." 
<laughs> like she loves it when it goes horrible. Yeah. It's just like, but if it goes fine, she's just like, I don't want to look at that. We've had yeah. some of those where yeah. uh, the guys will leave me, <laughs> they'll leave me stranded in some situation, and they'll play that back all oh the time. Oh my gosh! And it's just the more it's replayed, the better and better mm-hmm. it gets. There's this one. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell it. Do it there's yeah. two in my mind. <laughs> you know, I've actually told uh, told both of them within the past week. So oh, man. <laughs> good to see you, Mike. Um, so I love it too. We, I love these. We did this thing in in uh, it's in Franklin, Tennessee, but it's called uh, Music City Roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, it's like uh, the old bandstand kind of deal where uh, it's broadcast live on oh, TV, yeah. and you have um, this. You have like several bands, and and they can range anywhere from like country americana acts to like indie folk acts to straight up chicken picking bluegrass like they're going to town and there's uh an interview aspect to it and then you play like four or five songs um but it's also incredibly awkward because it's just uh a, a auditorium of people sitting and <laughs> oh, yeah. and in between each song and they, they have just, no idea what's about to happen to them r- right and, yeah. and they just sit back and they're like very very soft clapping and you're like okay <laughs> no one our age either yeah yeah it's a different demographic than we're 100%. used to and and similarly they're ready to see like <laughs> the the country shredders get up there and and chicken pick the chickens you're referring to yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and uh and so we're we're not uh, we're not that. Um, and so anyways, at the end of, of the night, they have, they invite everyone on stage to get up and they do this. They choose a song. They give it to you at the beginning of the show and they give each person a verse to sing. And then everyone comes in on the chorus. This is Aaron's worst nightmare. Yeah. I just got nervous. Uh, it's <laughs> wait, also, wait, 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 can you go? <laughs> my heart's pounding. Me too. Like, it's Mike's like, worst nightmare like also. Like any band that we go on tour with, no, I don't want to quote jam with you at the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> like get off. Like, yeah. I'm not, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so we, uh, so they extend the offer to the whole band <laughs> and we politely declined, uh, <laughs> so that Mike would have to go up there <laughs> <laughs> and we're all standing at the merch table just just losing our minds cheering him on it was so bad it was it, it Do you was remember the song oh wait so you had to go by uh, yourself they left me stranded up there in my myself. sweet baby's with, arms in my sweet baby's <laughs> arms yeah that was it and i'm standing up there with like some you know legends on the nashville scene oh and yeah and you know they're they're Sorry. 70 years old they've been jamming their whole lives yeah and I don't have an instrument up there with me. Oh, so your hands don't know what to do I, either. No, yeah. they just started raising into the air. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I was just, I was just like hitting my fist against my hand, I'm and they so were joking sorry. that it, it looked like I was trying to catch fly balls out in the outfield. <laughs> oh, was this like? So they called you out? It's too? online. Yeah, you can look oh, it up. Oh, uh, we will. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, we will. And the the other really really funny thing is it was uh, you could stream it online, right? And uh, and we had had just prior. Uh, one Athfest band of the year, oh, um, wow. which was incredibly exciting. What a high and then what a low. Yeah. Well, it was, I guess, flagpole. Wait, did they the post it for Athfest? Oh, sorry. I and just, sorry. as we're, <laughs> as we're playing, um, you know, all of our, our, all of our parents are watching and a lot of like the diehards <laughs> were, had it pulled up. Like sure. some of our favorite fans in the world, um, had it like streaming in their dorm room at Georgia college 
uh shout out to the joiners but they uh the my favorite <laughs> thing that happened was uh mike's mom was commenting and trying to say athfest band of the year but it kept uh auto correcting to auto correcting to atheist band of the year <laughs> <laughs> and so there's just this message board where and, and she's trying to correct herself atheist band of the year they just won atheist band of the year <laughs> i'm sure that like all the christian colleges we've played and young life people were like that Wait, got we've been duped. Wait a it's good what? that they know now yeah, yeah they got flagged <laughs> that's really funny sorry that you went through that though they are worse sure, sure. <laughs> they're definitely worse but in the exact same way they're definitely better that's true so whenever you do i, I kind of want to go back to the writing retreat yeah and just just i don't know uh it's it's i'm not very interested in talking about whenever things are going well mm-hmm. because yeah that's why we all signed up for this. You, there's nothing to talk about. It is whenever it's good, it's as good as you pictured it being when you were little. right. Yeah, it's the it's the crappy parts that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am overwhelmed when it's time to record new music because I think of everything that could go wrong. Yeah. And I think of everything that could go right and how badly I would handle it. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing this new stuff, I know that there's this conversation in the industry right now of like just doing singles or doing an EP, whatever. How are you kind of swimming through all the things, all the different paths you could take right now? I think that we're, you know, trying to figure that same question out right now. Uh, We just talking, we talked about it as a band a few times now that we started the writing process again. And I think everyone's got their own ideas. Um, So I don't know if we have a firm answer on that, Um, Mm. especially just with the industry changing like it is. It's hard to to know what the best uh route is at this point yeah because i feel like all the rules are gone yeah yeah and there's definitely no clear-cut path which um is is definitely intimidating you know because you're putting everything into it and and banking on that it will be the right move you know quote unquote right move um and i think that what we just try to keep reminding ourselves of is at least what I have to keep reminding myself of uh, more so than anything is like, we just have to do what we find is true Hmm. to us, you know? And, and again, that at the end of the day, when we look back on it, that we can be proud of the decision we made. And obviously there's like, no, I really want it to do well. Like I really want it to just be like, that next that thing that pushes us to the next level or like if it's not pushes us to the next level like skyrockets us to like just ultimate fame yeah right but like i think more than anything it has to be what we believe is the right move for us right? yeah because mm-hmm. i remember when we released our first record it i like it was either for me, it was either go to grad school or make a record. That's yeah. what we had that money allotted for. And I just cashed it all in on making a record. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had all these like wild imaginations on what this record fruit would do for us. And like, just whenever nothing came of it, like same thing you were talking about earlier, like whenever it's, we didn't have those Amadeus numbers or whatever, mm-hmm. like it just, you kind of spiral out of control. And then whenever we have success, I'm afraid we're going to be defined by that thing that we have success right. by. So I guess I'm so neurotic that like I don't know how to celebrate. So how do you celebrate whenever things just go exactly like I I got to hear about this New Year show right. that I've like that 
how do you not bring that show up in every conversation that you have? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, that um, kind of going down a different answer, and then I'll circle back to that. Okay. Um, but that did make me think, you know, even even when you put something out and you feel really good about it and it doesn't get the the <clears throat> listens and the plays that you necessarily would like to see, it's also important, I think, to remind ourselves that, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not what you thought it was. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's just there's so many bands out there making music and you know it's such a saturated industry to be in that it's it's really hard to make people care and listen to music and that doesn't change you know how the the music that either of our bands make or anything like that Um, yeah so that's that's always important to at least remind myself of um but yeah the new year show (laughs) going down that route so the at it's uh variety yeah, yeah, Variety Playhouse which in Atlanta. Which is a killer room. Yeah. That's great. Um, we had played there once, and that was one of those um, venues that's just, you know, a dream come true. Yeah. Um, it's it's easy to forget, um, you know, that we're kind of living the dream right now. Because um, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a venue that I grew up going to. And um, I remember when we started the band, the Georgia Theater in Athens was like, that was a bucket list venue for yeah. us to play. Yeah, totally. Um, and now you're just a household name. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I don't what know about that. You've been talking to. <laughs> yeah. We so, just say it all the time yeah. in our apartment. <laughs> it's still in our bucket. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the first time we played Variety, that was a dream, and then to be able to come back and play it on New Year's was, you know, I never would have thought um, that we would have that opportunity. Um, but it ended up being an incredible night. It was, it was one of those ones that we prepared for for over a month and um you know when you put that much into a show it never fully turned out the way you expect it um there's Mm -hmm. too many variables um like i was telling you before the show uh started uh we had put a good amount of money into buying this new in-ear setup uh that we used on our tour in the fall and uh, the first song uh pretty much that enables you to hear the rest of the band and be able to play you know and know what's going on and the first song one of our drummers stepped on both of his ears and <laughs> completely broke them and that's so that's an expensive thing to step on it's an expensive it's thing to step on and it meant that he couldn't hear what was going yeah, on i was gonna say what happened after that so we were going it took until um the midnight break because we played through midnight and we kind of uh, split the set in half oh, yeah. um and so at midnight they brought him out some monitors um yeah. but until then it was just foot tapping and visual yeah. cues for the whole show to keep him on and luckily he was uh on the side that uh, our friend andrew wong had had come in to do uh keys uh, and synths on the show which was super fun to have we him, love him yeah he's wonderful yeah he's in every uh, way. working on our record a little bit yeah nice. yeah yeah uh, we love him oh that's cool Andrew blooms is yeah i was yeah. like wait that's his name yeah, yeah. that's it definitely yeah his that's name. his name and um he had he was on hondro's side and mm. he had monitors uh which helps and um i my amps are very very loud which uh, you know that could help or hurt uh <laughs> and at the end of the day <laughs> um but yeah it was that in ear monitors are phenomenal for a band like us where you're trying to where you're, the stage volume is loud yeah. and you're trying to get microphones uh up above everything that's happening on stage 
uh so when you normally have the wedge monitors uh i know y'all know this it's more for no no um this is like the patreon special uh <laughs> so so we uh it the the downside to having them be the in-ear monitors is that if something is wrong there you're just out of luck because yeah. there's no um there are no other ways it's not like you can hear other stuff going on as well it's not like you catch uh little mm-hmm. trails from other people's monitors or whatever it's like that's what you have well also in in case people have only listened to your music and not seen it live there are two drummers on stage basically battling each other <laughs> right and one man just lost his armor yeah right because yeah, like totally. they're it's so intricate. It's like a drum circle. That's it's, why we have two, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I would I would be, I don't know if I could do it. If yeah. I lost my inners, I'd just be like, all right, man, you're on your own tonight. Wait, you yeah. said you lost three. So the second set happened when? So the second was towards the end. The drummers uh, decided to uh, crowd surf and stage dive. And Ryan, oh. Ryan yeah. lost one there. We we had confetti shootout at midnight. And uh, mm. so after the show, when we were cleaning everything up, we found the evidence of one of those in-ears on oh. the ground. Um, yeah. And then the third was lost when putting them back into the case. So, you know, it, that's the, the least romantic way to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever so I was close, <laughs> you win some. And um, you lose but yeah, some. the show, I mean, it ended up selling out, which we never thought would happen. That's and, a big uh, room, too. It was it. Like you mentioned earlier, those are the shows that kind of just play themselves. It's when the, there's a crowd there and yeah. everyone's excited and. You know, had been drinking champagne all night. It's easy to play. Uh, well, I th- I think just kind of <laughs> going off of that and and what Mike had said, like there's uh, those shows are the are the bucket list ones, you know, and yeah. and it's really really cool to have those mile markers. And and similarly, when first transferred to UGA, uh, my girlfriend Summer and I saw Circus Survive, who's one of my favorite bands of mm-hmm. all time, at the Georgia Theater, and I was just like, at the time, I'd I didn't, I was pursuing a, a degree in accounting, mm-hmm. um, and music was like something that I was resigned to doing, uh, just in garage band and like playing around the house. Yeah. And, um, I saw that show and I was like, God, what I would give to get to do that. Like oh, that's wow. my ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and watching that show in the Georgia theater was the first time I'd ever seen anything there. I was like, this is it. Like I want to do that. Um, and, and shortly after that, um, Mike and Hondro and Ryan and Tuna asked me to play guitar at our, at our first show. And I was super, super excited, um, because it was like a, a taste of that dream coming yeah. real and, and variety playhouse. Similarly, like I grew up going to shows there and, um, it's a total bucket list, but something that sticks with me that, that Mike said on this last run, um is that at, at a certain point like you have those shows that are like the best that play themselves that the crowds into it that it's sold out whatever um and it's a totally different experience than the ones where there might it might not be sold out and it might not have sold at all um yeah. but you know for by the same token at a certain point growing up playing music or or dreaming to play music your dream was to play to 15 people in boise on a tuesday night you know just like that 
was the dream to get to go out that's and tour because you're not looking we at didn't those play oh, to sorry. 15 people in Boise. <laughs> how many was it it was more like eight <laughs> <laughs> well i would say mike when you were talking like I, I wanted to circle back to this when you said like sometimes it's easy to forget that we are walking around in that dream we had mm-hmm. whenever we were younger yeah and whenever i i i won't forget watching you guys in mobile like there was like because it was a poorly promoted show and yeah. it was just like the numbers weren't what we all expected and uh you still acted like your your entire soul was on fire right. and it's right. and it's because like i don't think you take it for granted right. because the worst day being doing what we do is better than the best day you probably would have had as an accountant right i just right. realized in you saying that that like whenever you are however old and watching a show the show the right. show that's like i want to do this yeah you're definitely not looking behind you to see how many people are there right you know what i mean like you're never like wait do i yeah. actually want to do th-? you're just looking at what they're doing and right. you never know yeah. who's in the audience and not not so much from like what industry person is in the audience waiting to change your life it's like yeah you never know what person is in that audience who needs that show totally than totally. anything and off it was us right <laughs> like watching you no really though like it it's so hard to forget that well thank and you when you are like when you are in college thinking about you're going to be an accountant and then you think like, wouldn't it be amazing if I got to play music for a living? You never thought like, well, but what if only 15 people were in Boise on a Tuesday night? Like right. you'd be mm-hmm. like 15 people on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's a school night. Right. You know? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, it's really easy to forget that stuff. And again, kind of drawing it back, connecting to like something, uh, that it makes that connects to, a person watching the show or listening to your music or help someone make sense of the world. I was, I was in that position where I was like, you know, not, I was super excited about what accounting would make of my life in the sense that it would make everything easy, you know, like, like the job wouldn't be fun, but you'd, it'd be lucrative and everything else is, you know, kind of based around that. And, um, Music is literally the opposite of what. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's what I'm most passionate about. You know, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. been my dream for forever. And uh, making that making that jump, I obviously had so much support uh, from the people around me, which I'm incredibly blessed with. But um, there was one moment where we got this. Wow, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like two tarot, man. Yeah. Um, but there was a point where we got an email from someone who was in that same situation. You know. To, mm-hmm her parents were pushing her to pursue like a degree in business and she didn't want to do it. And she really wanted to make art and, uh, like, you know, the, the way that it came across was, um, like our, our music helped her, uh, commit to pursuing her passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just like automatically it's like, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. Whatever else happens, it's all worth it. Well, I will say, <clears throat> so I'm I'm 29 now. I remember whenever I was 18, I was just like, no plan B ever. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I burn it to the ground before you have a plan B. But my my best friend in high school and the guy that I started out playing bands with, uh, he's a guy named Jim. And, what uh, up, Jim? Yeah, what up, Jim? <laughs> he's never going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, but he, he and I, play, he was our drummer. We were in this Blink-182 cover band, and yeah. we just played all the time. But it came, you have that time where you're like, are we doing this or are we not doing this? And he went to pharmacy school, and when I talked to him, he was like, I'm so glad I went to pharmacy school. Right. Right. And that's so great. 
Like I, yeah. what I want for Jim is to be happy. Yeah. Right. And he was so risk aversion. If, if that isn't that the term? Risk averse. Rick, thanks. Appreciate Rick it. Averse. Uh, <laughs> averse that, to he Rick. was just like that. Would have been great. I didn't like music enough to risk it. Yeah. And now oh, that we're in this sorry. as much as we are, because I've been I've been in band since I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. There are nights where Aaron's like, why are we doing this? What? No, no, no. Both of us. Both of us. No, sorry. (laughs) You're the closest to me. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) But really, there are those nights where you're like, yeah, this is the third show in a row where literally no one came. But then you have those shows where it's like, I can't believe people would let us do this for a living. Yeah. Nothing nothing to add on to that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, cool. She oh, got sorry. It. I, all of that. I, forget, so what, I forget they can see us. <laughs> what um, what us? would you say was that right. first show for you? His was Circus Survive. What was yours, Mike? Uh, the first show that made me want to do this? Yeah. Because um, I think, at least dudes our age, I would say, I think you guys are a little bit younger, but I, I would say that like a live show was probably a big part of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, for for me, and I think Condro and our band, our drummer, um, uh, Reptar, from Athens. Uh, I didn't know they were from Athens. Yeah. Um, we grew, or at least in college, we uh, we spent a lot of our time going to their shows and finding ways to sneak in when we were under 21 and stuff like that. And uh, I had never, I played music here and there, but I had mm-hmm. never really considered, you know, trying to pursue it. Um, and they, uh, they ended up, you know, kind of doing it. They're the first band I saw that was, people our age that uh that were able to tour the country and had some success and i don't think i ever would have even considered it if i hadn't seen someone else that was able to do it it helps to mm-hmm. see it work yeah, yeah you know you grow up and you go to these big venues and you see these you know your dream uh bands and musicians and it just seems so far away um mm-hmm. when really it's like talking about Georgia theater being a bucket list venue. It's, it's so attainable. If you put the, put the work in, uh, I mean, it's, it's not easy to do, but it's there. And, uh, I've never recognized that if it weren't for Reptar. Yeah. I think, I think one of the hardest things for me to deal with, maybe it's out of insecurity and maybe, and we, maybe we will wrap with this in the, in what we're into, but, um, I, I think it's really hard for me to, like justify to people because some people just don't understand how we do this. Mm-hmm. Like the question we get more than any other question is, so what do you do all day? And or I know they're just like, so, but what do you do like for a living? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Why does that always feel like a punch? Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. for sure. People don't understand why we practice. Our friends, they'll be doing oh, something. No. They'll be like, you guys have been playing forever. Why do you need to practice? Right. Yeah. It's, I guess that's the same as like, Oh, if you know one cover song, you know all of them? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, totally. One time we got booked to play this wedding, and uh, we they were like, we want O. Jeremiah to play this wedding. Whatever you want to play, play this wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was, I don't know, this is like four years ago or something. But and also. We're, but we're like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, just whatever. And then the week, so the wedding's on Saturday. The Monday mm-hmm. leading up to it, they're like, hey, can we send you a few songs? Like, we just want it for the wedding. We're like, it's the week of. Are you serious? We didn't have a contract yeah. back then. We didn't have a contract back then. <laughs> right, we, yeah. But they sent us 88 songs to learn <laughs> oh. the Monday before the wedding. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what a few is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always. Including. Uh, what is that? Uptown? Oh, Uptown Funk was on the list. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you For want sure, this right? indie duo. Okay. 
Yeah. Guilty pleasure, though. I'm no, no. That's a great too. Like, Don't get me wrong. Have you seen us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't make any sense. I see you right now, and I want you guys to play Uptown <laughs> Funk, too. <laughs> okay, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. Yeah. We forgot. That's okay. There's a lot of unanswered stuff, but that's okay. Well, yeah. What did we not answer? I forgot where we were going in general. Well. well but no, 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 no. Like, you said something... I just I just want to know what the band they the show that they saw and they were talking about Reptar. Yeah, that's fine. Never mind. Sorry. No, no. Okay, cool. That was neat. I um, haven't really been. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Just woke uh, up. As we're as we're wrapping <laughs> as we're wrapping up, what is something that you're both super into right now? JP, take it away. Oh man, thank you oh, so nice much for, <laughs> for this. Uh, I think he that, was so ready to say <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think that's something that I, I'm really into right now. God, I want it to be a cool answer. It doesn't you know? have to be. But, I think the but, I think the terrible ones are even better. Yeah, something that that I've been super into lately is uh, this this YouTube series called Hot Ones. Nice. Uh, oh, is that where they eat the chicken wings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so Summer and I have been watching that a lot lately, and it's just like, it's it's fun because um, it the interviewer Sean is is really really great at mm. asking uh super interesting questions that people would necessarily think of and it also is super humanizing in the sense that he's interviewing these great celebrities and you realize that like they are human uh wait what is it i missed that yeah so it's it's this series on youtube yeah where this guy interviews celebrities and they uh he asks a question every time uh, they eat a wing and they oh. are tin wings and they rank from like, you know, Tabasco to like right, right. the hottest hot sauce. Oh, that's in the world. a great idea. And it's Is it? it's okay. really fun. And I think that all most of these people that he interviews are have been in the situation where uh, not only people are probably asking them like, why are you doing what you're doing? What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even to the point where they're kind of checking with themselves like why am i doing this you know what and uh so yeah that's been a really fun like there are i don't know like seven or eight seasons of it yeah Uh, and it's just really really fun to like wind down a day uh watching that mm-hmm. so yeah. you know i'll, that's cool. I'll stick I'll with that. that no that's a good one that's a good Coffee's one he's always that's right yeah, yeah. that's what i think you that came up me. you come up on one of the next episodes of our show about self-care yeah. we talked about self-care and i was like my friend jp and coffee like you came up like really early <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah yeah you did yeah <laughs> no you know, i'm used to it <laughs> that gave me some time to think of my yeah answer, so what though. i was also yes. gonna go off on was a little bit of Uh, i have been one of my guilty pleasures is uh reality tv and i've been really into some shitty tv lately let's talk about okay so So, this is where Aaron wakes up up. (laughs) so our household is a big bachelor household right now um and the the one that i'm actually really into right now that i you know i spend my days waiting till i can get home um And watch is Vanderpump Rules <gasps> going through. <laughs> and there are a lot of episodes. My God, I feel like I've been watching for like a month and I'm on season two, but I'll, I'll get home and, you it's know. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I literally will go out. Yeah. I'll go downtown, get home at like two and pour myself a glass of wine and start watching some Vanderpump. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. Man, if we ever, we don't have a TV, but if we are ever in a hotel, I will be in there with bravo on. our best show oh, yeah. for, oh i love for bravo Aaron of Big all fan. time real played, housewives 
of Orange County is my favorite. Ooh, I haven't gotten into that one yet. No, wait, Beverly Hills is what I meant because that's mm-hmm. what Vanderpump came on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We like played this. this show in Fayetteville, and the show was in a hotel lobby, was, and they uh-huh. comped us a hotel. So great. Oh, yes. And Erin is super introverted, if you can't uh-huh. tell by the <laughs> everything about her. Sorry, John Mulaney bit. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. That's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I love the part at the end where you're like meeting people and like, you know, right. just chumming up. But Erin, in the middle of co- talking to someone after, she goes, oh, my gosh, I can just go up to my room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the person she was talking to was like, yeah, okay. And Erin was like, okay. And then just <laughs> left. And then I left. And just bailed so hard. And I, I came think up I probably three hours later. Yeah. And she is in like comically gigantic uh the blankets pillows? yeah oh. pillows and blankets like she's dr- in a cloud of blankets <laughs> i'm dressed in watching pillows. bravo <laughs> yeah and she's like no I'm wait in heaven let's talk about why it's so good so yeah. like yeah it's <laughs> let's like, talk about that it's like for some reason their drama is just so ridiculous yeah and like i don't it's like watching conflict that i don't have to worry about right yeah i and think it's, it's so it's so mindless that it's i mean it's you know yes it's great. i one time I was um, in the middle of tax season a couple years ago, and my friend gave me a key to her house, and she was like, why don't you go watch Bravo whenever you're doing that? And I was like, done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Okay, guys. I feel I, I feel like, did you get everything excited. said you needed to say? What, what are you all super into? Uh, what right? Oh, that's a great on? question. Nothing. Thank you. Nothing. I just came up with it. No. <laughs> uh, I would say the thing I'm super into right now um, are all things Jake Johnson. Do you know who that is? Jack Johnson? Jake Johnson. I'm, okay. Well, let's talk about Jack Johnson instead. <laughs> Jack, Jack Johnson's coming up. Um, I, uh, I saw Jack Johnson in Bonnaroo. He, he replaced a band at Bonnaroo one year. I think I was at that one, too. Were you at that yeah, one, yeah. too? It he was the like sleepiest concert to... I've ever been to. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Like, I've never smoked weed before, uh-huh. but I know those dudes. That was, like, the best show right, that you right, could right, ever just, right. like, light up to. Yeah. Um, Back to what? What? Okay, okay, so Jake Johnson, yeah. the Johnson I'm talking about, uh-huh. uh, he's uh, Nick from New Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he is also Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the new Spider-Man? No, I haven't. Okay, it was my favorite movie of the year, and I don't wow. like superhero movies. Yeah. So Jake Johnson, it's like it's like an animated movie, but it is, from, from the moment you sit down in your seat, it is like a thrill ride the whole time. Yeah. It is so fun. And I think Jake mm-hmm. Johnson himself is a really great, famous person. I yeah. like him a lot. Um, also, just just kind of worth mentioning. Just watched uh, all of the Harry Potters over again. Okay, uh, great way to spend your time. Great way. Um, I, the the fifth book was my. I was a Harry Potter kid, like because I grew up to be Voldemort. It, you know, I look exactly like him. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, fifth book, my least favorite. Fifth movie, my favorite movie. Whoa. Interesting. Interesting. Crazy how that happened. Yeah, because that was like a really dark book. It was. Yeah. First sixteen year olds or whatever. Is that where? At some point, they got a new director, um, in, on the series. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be the third one because one I and two so. are like yeah, Spielberg movies. Right. Right. Yeah. And then they get three, and it's just like real Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Like they get dark and edgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Babe, what are you super into? Yeah, I. I don't know. I'm like trying really. I didn't know I would have to answer today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you tell? Yeah. Can you maybe tell them something? But don't be like. I mean, you can go like Real Housewives on us, but like not like. Okay, something super honest that I think that you're super into. Mm-hmm. Do you want to text me first? It's fine. Go ahead. What is it? What am I into? Ah, ah, maybe nothing. <laughs> nothing. You were spiraling. Come on. Uh, I would say you're... Um, I don't wanna... 
What are you pointing at? Okay. Hot yoga. That's something you're super oh, into. Oh, that's, that's a really nice one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's fun. That yeah. makes... JP almost passed out in the hot yoga oh, session. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think yeah, hot yeah, yoga yeah. is the worst form of I out. flipping love it. Are we going to dump on it? No, no. I'm not, for me. I'm for going me. tonight. I love it so much. Yeah. I I definitely... So, I, um, what was the place we did? Fuel? Not fuel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe Bikram yoga. <laughs> uh, it just like we... we Oh, that's yeah, that's the style. Oh, uh, right, right. So we signed up for a full month of it, and yeah, did. first day I was just like, "Wow, I hate everything about you this." You seem like you'd be extremely limber. I am not. Oh, summer oh, not does not agree. Yeah, <laughs> and I also don't like being hot. Yeah. Mm, so, well, that's like what you well, paid for, yeah, bud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't realize, and I was about to pass out, and the like, the lady, um, who is our instructor, was like. Don't leave Not, the room. Yeah, she's like, you can't leave the room. And yeah. I was like, did you fight her? If I wasn't about to fall to the floor, I might push you down. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. instead, she was like, just lay down on your mat. And I was like, that doesn't solve the issue. I need right. out. <laughs> oh, I'm so, yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't love it. But Aaron, Aaron really I love it. I love it so much. Well, thanks for coming on the on the podcast. You, we are huge <laughs> fans. We love you guys. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for yeah. having us. Cool. Uh, we love you guys. Oh, we love you yeah. also. Okay. I'm say that. <laughs> Pennies, but only if you sell some of yourself.